Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to Cats at Night, the John Katz Matiti show. And uh, we got a great studio in, in-house. We've got Ed Cox. We've got Judge Weinberg. John Katz Matidis, are you still on the line somewhere? From 3,000 miles away, I'm on the line. There you go. And I'm Lydia Serrani. And on the line with us right now, we have Dr. Mark Siegel. How are you, Dr. Siegel? I'm great. I'm tracking Dr. I'm tracking, I'm tracking John Casamitidis. He's traveling a lot lately. So I'm making sure that he drinks a lot of water on those planes and that he doesn't sit too long in one place. So I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him. I want, I want him to bring us all back a gift. Absolutely. I was just reading something in the New York Times. Florida bans doctors from providing gender affirming treatments to minors. So, of course, the New York Times is painting this as some horrible thing. But can you explain to our listeners what this actually means, what gender affirming care is actually for for children? Well, I can't tell you, talk to you too much about this because I'm actually currently doing a report on it for Fox. And so I don't want to give away my headlines. But basically, let's just say that we need a, a responsible situation here where things aren't done to uh, to young teens or preteens prematurely that they then later regret. There is a study out that shows that even gender-affirming surgery is something that, you know, maybe temporarily or, or more re- alleviates depression, but that's a very controversial study. And my view is doctors should not be doing things like this. I think we have to look at what the long-term health impact is on doing something to a very young person. We're in a society right now, and everyone on this panel on this show probably agrees, where this has become so mainstream that, that, it, it, that it's, it, it's, we're losing sight of the fact that it's actually quite unusual. To, it, it's it's acceptable from a medical point of view. Someone feels that they have gender dysphoria. They're not relating to their particular gender. But that doesn't mean that a doctor swoops in and does a mastectomy. That's what I I've absolutely object to. And in terms of puberty blockers, their potential long-term impact hasn't been that well studied. Well, doctor, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. I have to tell you, I'm a, very concerned that a lot of these states are doing this and they're blocking parents from being involved in the decision-making process and even counseling their own children. What do you say about that? Well, in that? California, they can strip you of your parental rights if you deny your child I mean, a or to cut off their private you parts. Pro- no, you deny them rights, well, you, they can uh, prosecute uh, you. Listen, Judge, I agree with you totally on your concern on that, but I would add another piece of this, which is that there's some situations where the parents are the ones superimposing their will or you know, their sense of political correctness. And I, I, I'm concerned about both things. Well I said. think the doctor has to play a role. We have a, you know, we throw out around the term Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. But I think, I think we have to take a careful look about what the role of a doctor is. And a doctor should have very careful guidelines on what they're comfortable doing. What's the therapeutics here? I, I, I find it very disturbing because the key here is how young the person is. Dr. Ed Cox here, a more general question. You walk into, a look at the, about to walk into a store, you have a sign. Put on your mask, da, 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 da. And you go in, no one has a mask on. 
Mm-hmm. Suddenly people are not concerned about COVID any longer. Should they be? Well, the, first of all, that hypocrisy of wear a mask signs and nobody wearing them, especially the government, you know, that, all of the, all of the uh, ludicrous uh, analysis we've done of people on a microphone taking their mask off, putting their mask on, all of that stuff made it, made it ludicrousness about it. But uh, you asked a different question, which is whether COVID is over. I think COVID as an oppressive force in our lives is over. COVID as a melodramatic way of ridiculing people or a dogmatic assessment, or that's over. As a virus, it's still around. But, you know, I've been waiting for for over a year now for it to become a virus the way flu is or the way RSV is. And I think we're heading towards that, where it's something for me to manage medically rather than for some politician to be talking about at a podium. Doctor, are we ever going to know the real origins of uh, the COVID crisis? I think what we're going to know, and this is is so important, we're going to know that China hides things. We're going to know that, they, that they're doing experiments on bat coronaviruses in labs over there. We're going to know that they lied about when this actually started and that they didn't give a damn about it spreading around to Europe. We're going to know that. And we're going to know that there's a very good chance that at least part of the life of this virus occurred in a lab. I mean, it, it's not an either-or thing. And we're going to know that we better watch what we allow people to do in terms of playing with viruses internationally. We you have that Boston University that problem a, right now. That? Boston University is playing with uh, the viruses now. And North Carolina. Ralph Barrick's lab in North Carolina. You know, we're part, we've created an international consortium of, of scientists playing with viruses, and I'm damn worried about it, and I, and I don't approve of it. And, and it's all, a lot of it going on outside China. And forget about even just the physical side effects or a lot of mental side effects to the pandemic. I, I, just the other day, I saw a, like a three-year-old still wearing a mask outside, crossing the street, and the parent didn't have one on. And I'm like, what are you doing to your kid? My child, she's five years old, and the teacher was telling me so many of the kids are having speech delays or so many issues. They don't know how to behave around other kids because there is that that, uh, you know, kids learn by playing. They learn by associating with one another, and they've been deprived of that for two years. And I also don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing so many teenagers completely out of control doing the carjackings, the drug dealings, the shootings, because they've been out of school and they're indifferent to even human life at this point. Socialization, very important. And the biggest tragedy there was there was never any evidence that closing schools would do anything other than cause, especially poor people, to to be together more and spread more virus, spread more virus in the community than in the school. And you're absolutely right about the socialization issue. And I couldn't believe the governor of New York saying, oh, on Thanksgiving, on, on, on Halloween, go around wearing those masks that are painted up. And I thought those are the ones that work to prevent absolutely nothing. They're porous. Right. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Mark Siegel, thank you as always. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.